I was just watching like the worst matchup always in NFL, which is like Cleveland and Cincinnati. The Ohio's going at each other, yeah. <laughs> like the Ohio's. <laughs> <laughs> it's always like, oh, turnover, fumble, oh, three and out. Although this game is actually kind of high high scoring compared to other matchups, I feel like with those two. Yeah, guys. it's not all field goals all the time. Welcome to Predator Minute, the podcast where we break down the 1987 action sci-fi classic Predator, one minute at a time. I'm John Zabriskie. And I am Jeff Glover. And today we're talking about Minute 97 of Predator. Minute 97, you could call the Isaiah Mack of Minutes. Isaiah Mack! Mack, 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 Mack! I love how that's the only person you have listed. <laughs> that's the only person of note I could find. There, there are no Hall of Famers with that number. Nobody of note who really mm. stood out to me. I mean, maybe you could look at the list sometime and decide, but I didn't see anybody 97 I felt like noting. Do you remember who Isaiah Mack is? I, I don't know who that is. Remember, he still plays. He plays for the Tennessee Titans. He's a defensive tackle. He oh. started one game out of 14 played for them last year and recorded, I think, one and a half sacks and four solo tackles. Well, how did I How did I forget? <laughs> how did you forget Isaiah Mack? <laughs> Sorry, Isaiah. My bad. But, you know, that, that was his rookie year. He might be an up-and-comer this year. So sure. watch out for number 97, Isaiah Mack. Mack. Yeah. Mack. 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 Nice. So uh, other 90s happens of, yeah, 97s of note. The thing I did not do this time, sorry about this, Jeff, but uh, I didn't look up the number 97's significance. So if you mm, loyal listeners okay. have a Interstate 97 story to share mm. or an I-97 or whatever other 97 story uh, to share, feel free. I believe it is a prime number. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say it's a prime number because we know 91 was a prime number with 7 and 13. So I don't think 97 is going to be divisible by anything but itself and one. I think you're right. Uh, I think you're right. Thanks. Uh, that's fine because the pop culture list for the year 1997 is kind of ridiculous and we could probably spend the whole podcast talking about music video games and in particular movies from this year um it's kind of incredible that all these movies came out this year we'll get to that but Mm -hmm. god it's kind of uh, you forget like how rich the late 90s were with great movies Mm -hmm. Hmm. what jumps out to you in the uh let's start with the music in the music department well, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and hit like the two big heavy hitters with the music. We have two huge movie music tie-ins with "My Heart mm-hmm. Will Go On" from Celine Dion, tying into like the number one movie until Avatar replaced it, Titanic, right. of that year. Uh, and like that song was everywhere, and that movie was everywhere. I can say I really like the song, but I never really cared for the movie. Huh? Interesting. I remember seeing the movie like two or three times in the theater. Nice. Yeah. Like I, I, I enjoyed Titanic. I always thought it was pretty good, but I, I would look when I watch it now, I, I watch it with like with a little bit of nostalgic eye and kind of go, Oh, that's kind of an adorable blockbuster from the nineties. Okay. Um, it's, it's sort of Spielbergian in it's uh, construction. Right. But um, yeah, 
Yeah. No, you know. Well, it's, it's a it's a Cameronian. It is uh, Cameronian, yes. <laughs> and of course, we have to give James Cameron the props for adding the mandibles to the predator's face. Right, right. There's your tie-in. Nice. Yeah, there's your tie-in. And then, of course, Men in Black, the hit song mm. by Will Smith, uh, supporting his, it was either like the second or third grossing movie, Men in Black, from the year 97. Here come the men in black. <laughs> I was like, huge. I love that song. I come to MIB. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll just I'll just keep taking the the music if you want to take over the games after me. But uh, yeah, you have "Candle in the Wind" '97 by Elton John to honor Princess Diana, who died in a car crash that year. I remember right. that being like a huge event, even though I didn't really know much about her. Yeah, yeah, it was a huge thing. Yeah, I remember that too. And maybe even bigger for losses that year, uh, Chris Wallace, notorious B.I.G. himself, was gunned down, much like mm. Tupac Shakur the previous year. Uh, and then they wrote a song, uh, P. Diddy or Puff Daddy and Faith Evans and 112, called I'll Be Missing You. That song was huge. It was huge. And I'll be honest, I... Uh appreciated the sentiment of the song i never thought it was a very good song (laughs) i thought i always felt like it was sort of uh i know i mean uh, i uh, i understand like it's a it's a tribute song uh to a great artist that that i understand but the song itself as it stands alone i was like "Hmm, it's okay yeah (laughs) but i felt the same way about uh the movie men in black so um, hmm. I don't know. That, that's where I was. Yeah, I know where it's. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I remember like the big tie-in for that song at my high school was like this really popular guy, Joe Bolger, actually died of uh, this heart arrhythmia thing. Like just going to like a high school party at the time. And this was the guy know, that was at your high school. A guy at my high school, oh. Joe uh, Bolger. I remember going to his memorial service. And he was just like, he was like one of those top, top guys who was like super popular, but like he was so, so nice to just everybody. Like I was in the uh, the church youth group for years and years and years. And he was the guy who like showed up for one year and like was just like so neat and so cool and so nice to everybody. And like I, we went to like the, uh, like our mission trip together, I remember. And he was just like so cool and like everybody just loved him. And then like he had this, you know, this... Uh, heart thing that you know uh, just kind of gave out on his heart it, you know it's just 17 or 16 oh, man, you know our, our junior oh. year this guy passes away and it's like so heartbreaking for the school I, I that's something that really stands out for 97 just like there there there's some heartbreak at that school and i remember just like that's someone who i knew and like had interacted with and had been like really nice to me and cool with me and like you know he was a mariners fan i remember and he was just like yeah just just one of the coolest guys so he was uh, not like the popular like dick he was no no that's the thing nice he was guy. like yeah the popular like the the once in a generation like popular nice person who right. was like gravitating towards uh r.i.p joe man you're 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 the man all right r.i.p joe 1997 yeah. hmm joe uh, and then princess diana two tragedies one year <laughs> and chris wallace chris wallace B-I-G. oh shit uh sp- speaking of which uh throw in some uh chris wallace love uh hypnotize and mo money mo problems both came out that year if you can oh, imagine yeah. that oh yeah wow good lord Great. i had that cd me too. Me too. I, I, actually, I, I think those are two CDs. I think Hypnotize was one CD before he died, and the Mo, Money Mo Problems came out 
after he died on that CD, if I remember correctly. I think you're right, because Hypnotize was on the Life After Death album, if I remember correctly. I think so. I don't remember. I, I, I remember having those CDs and like playing those a lot in high school. And then like on one long train ride to Wisconsin with the family, I listened to a lot of uh, that CD and Harlem World by Mace <laughs> and uh, the Puff Daddy. <laughs> yeah, man, a lot of a lot of East Coast uh, Bad Boy records on this list, isn't there? <laughs> I was more of an East Coast fan. I have to say, hmm. not a West Coast fan. I know there are a lot of West Coast fans out there, like of Tupac and the California Love and the Dr. Dre and the Snoop Dogg. But I, I like more it of an all. East Coast. Yeah, that's I good. It all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hmm. I think that's all I had for. Oh, and then of course the earworm that's bittersweet symphony. Oh yeah, uh, by is who's that? The Verve. The Verve, yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, became a famous Nike commercial later. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like played all over the place. It's still it's still out there. So we transition into N sixty four territory in nineteen ninety seven, right? Mm-hmm. And how can we not go past nineteen ninety seven without discussing? 007 GoldenEye. GoldenEye. The the first person shooter to begin all first person shooters. The first one to have the multiplayer, like the four the four way split screen, four player multiplayer. Don't screen look. Uh, don't screen look. Oh no, you got a screen look. That's how you, that's that's part exactly. of the game. Exactly. That's how you find odd job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, you had that. You had Final Fantasy VII. You had Mario Kart sixty-four. You had Star Fox sixty-four. Just ushered in a fantastic era of N sixty-four games. Um, it's funny that GoldenEye came out in ninety-seven. My, me and my friends were still sitting around playing that together in 2001, 2002. Yeah. Like that, it, that was it, probably right before Halo came out then when you were playing that. Because I imagine you did like I did and just shifted everything to Halo matches. Yep. Yeah. It was. Yeah. As soon, once Halo came out, that took over. But uh, same, you know, Halo owes a lot to GoldenEye for paving that road. Oh, yeah. Um, but, uh, man, I, I don't know if there's any game... Well, I know I know Super Mario World pretty well front to back, but <laughs> I used to be able to beat GoldenEye Double Seven in the first person campaign on the hardest mode, Ooh. like with really out w- without really dying. Like I would just go through the whole thing without dying. Mm-hmm. Like I had it down. Uh, it's one of the one of those games that like I've never I've never really met the. the the level that I knew that game with any other game. I don't know. I don't think. Yeah. And yeah. I, I was someone who just really, really appreciated how detailed that game was and how like faithful to the movie it was. Like you would go to the right. levels and it would be like, oh, I could watch the movie. I never did this, but I could have, you know, back then like said, oh, I could watch the movie and like see all these locations as they're going through the movie. Right. Right. Um, as, as it was, I was, I, I think what I really appreciated about GoldenEye was it was one of those games, one of the first games where you could like have a mission and fail the mission and then keep keep playing. Right. Like, like so many games up to that point, and maybe even beyond that point too, have that bad habit of saying you failed the mission, like you can't keep playing anymore, like you have to restart. And oh. the, the beauty of it was like you could just explore then, like you mess up and like, oh, mission failed, great. I'm just gonna go like run around and see what I can do, see what kind of cause you know, havoc I can cause. It was, it was in a way kind of like you're 
predecessor also to like GTA, like those kind of games were like, right. Cause you just explore the, world. the environment. Yeah. yeah. And, and find the thing that you missed in the next playthrough, you know where it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some uh, great cheat codes there, like DK mode where you give everybody humongous yeah. heads, making headshots <laughs> really easy. Oh shit. I forgot about that. Did you have a go-to multiplayer setting and weapon combination? That was like uh, I mean, favorite. anytime I played with Aaron and Zach, former host and guest of the show and brothers of the show, Aaron and Zach, um, we would, we'd be pretty good about playing just about anywhere, but you know, you'd almost always have to have, uh, the remote mines or, um, proximity mines as one of the weapons of choice, just because of how dick of a move <laughs> you can just like put a mine there and it's still there like 10 minutes later. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that. So we would do, we would do proximity mines in the complex. I think it was mm-hmm. the complex had that room where you walked into it from one side and it was like, there were like 30 pillars in the room, right? The matrix room. Yes, and you could yeah. go in there and just cover the back, <laughs> cover those pillars with proximity mines. <laughs> and if someone wasn't careful, you could walk in there and one would go off and then all of them would go off. In the it's exactly room. the chain reaction. You don't yeah, have to, yeah, yeah. So you, you'd get used to like anytime you come up on that room, you'd throw a mine into it first and blow up all the mines in there and then run through. Exactly. Because you could shoot the mines from afar too and explode them like that too. I remember. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Good times. What a game. 007 Goldeneye. Yeah. So fun. All right. That was the name. I think it was Goldeneye 007. I think that's the official N64 name. If I remember, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page and it's the third highest selling N64 game with 8 million copies behind a couple Mario games. So yeah. it's like that's Mario 64 doing pretty well. probably. Yeah. Yeah. Mario 64 and uh, Mario Kart 64, which actually came out like December, like Christmas time in 96. But I put it on this list because uh, everybody's playing it in 97. That was another one. So before GoldenEye came out, um, that's what I played. I played GoldenEye mostly in college. It was, it was N6. It was Mario Kart 64 that I played a lot in high school. Like I'd go to my buddy's house you know, we'd have sleepovers, like four of us. We'd stay up till three in the morning just playing game after game after game of battle mode. Like mm-hmm. battle mode was a revelation for Mario, <laughs> for Mario Kart 64. And oh mm-hmm. my God, we used to have so much fun with that. So fun. So fun. So fun. Should we get to movies? Like this is a list of movies, dude. This is this is a powerful list. I, don't I actually know put the how sequels. To it. I put the sequels in their own categories. So I'll just go ahead and throw it like the crappy to maybe some good sequels real fast. And you okay. can interrupt if you want to talk about any of them. We have Leprechaun four, of course, uh, power Rangers two. I forget what the name is. Hmm. Uh, Speed Two, cruise, cruise control. control. Yes. <laughs> Batman and Robin, of course, that's the fourth. I, I guess you call it the fourth. Batman? It's the fourth Batman, but this is the one with Mr. Freeze with the, uh, what killed the dinosaurs? The ice age. Ice age. What killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age. The Ice Age. Is that, Mr. Is that the Mr. Freeze one? Is that That's right? That's the Mr. Freeze one, yeah, because Batman Forever was the Val Kilmer, Riddler, and Two-Face one. Oh, you're right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Batman and Robin is the one that kind of like killed the 90s franchise. Yeah. All right, everyone. Chill. Yeah. It's like boiling acid. Uh. Oh, no. It's boiling acid. Uh, at one point, yeah, like the elevator. Is that the George? Up. Is that the George Clooney nipple Batman? That's the George Clooney nipple Batman with okay. the Batman credit card. Don't leave home without it. 
oh, and the Batman and the Bat skates or whatever. They have ice skates at one point. It just, became, their- oh, just became a parody of itself. So bad. It did. It was, yeah, yeah back to the 60s. Uh, Free Willy 3, Mortal <laughs> Kombat 2, Annihilation. Mm. Um, Alien Resurrection. Is that the fourth one? It is the fourth one. Uh, uh, very good, yeah. Home Alone 3, Scream 2. And I hear a lot of people say Scream 2 is pretty good. Scream 2 is good. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, An American Werewolf in Paris, which is, mm-hmm. I believe, the sequel to In London. I've actually never seen it. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if it's good or not. I couldn't tell either because I'm not a fan of uh, not watching horror it. movies. <laughs> I'm not watching it. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. <laughs> not going to do it. Uh, Lost World, which is Jurassic Park 2. I remember watching that one, and that was like that was just like a mean movie that just was totally like the dark version of Jurassic Park. Yeah, like a lot of people died in that shit. Yeah. And that was Steven Spielberg directing that one too. Mm, oh, was it really? Yeah, which is yeah. weird to think about, like him taking on a sequel that's like what, until you think about like um, you know Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, which uh, we watched back in the, whatever last year or two years ago. Oh now? yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, that that was uh, a, kind of another sequel where it's like, is he going through some dark stuff right now? Right, <laughs> this is like right. pretty bad. Uh, <laughs> then to, to round out, you have Bounty Hunters two. <laughs> Colon hardball. <laughs> I have no idea what that is. I don't either. I just saw it on the list and thought that sounds great. All right. Sounds something a little bit like edging on soft core territory, honestly. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. And then Fern Gully 2, the magical rescue. But oh, what stands course. out what stands out to you from the list of like uh, mainstream movies that are not sequels that year? Holy shit. Well, I mean, like I said, this is a, a an amazing list. Like honestly, uh, mm-hmm. the the blockbusters that stand out to me are like Titanic, Men in Black, Got Tomorrow Never Dies, Air Force One, as good as it gets, uh, L.A. Confidential. Like these are the kind of the big movies of the year. Um, some of my favorites on the list would be Boogie Nights. Boogie mm-hmm. Nights is still probably in my top ten favorite movies of all time. Same with Goodwill Hunting. Um, as a, as a math teacher, I just, and I mean, even beyond the math aspect of that movie, it's just such a well-constructed and well-acted film. Mm-hmm. Um, what else jumps out? Let's see. Uh, Con Air, Face Con- Off. Yeah. Some great action movies, Con Air, Face Off, uh, some good like action comedies, Gross Point Blank, Double Team, Chasing Amy, another good Kevin Smith movie. The first Austin Powers came out. Mm-hmm. Um, Event Horizon, a, a sci-fi horror movie that's just gotten better with time. Mm-hmm. God, like the list goes on and on. And then did, could it be my favorite movie on this list? Well, man, it's hard to say above Boogie Nights and Goodwill Hunting, but Starship Troopers yeah, might, might be one of my favorite. It's, it's definitely in my top three action movies of all time. I love it. So, man, what a year. Oh, and we get a Tarantino in there too with Jackie Brown. Shit. Yeah, there you go. I had to include that because I know you like the Tarantino. Do you remember seeing any of these movies in theaters? Oh, God. Uh, did I see these in theaters? I would have been. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I'll go ahead with my list that I believe I remember seeing in theaters. Um, I remember Men in Black. I remember Tomorrow Never Dies. Maybe Air Force One. I know I saw that around that time. I know as good as it gets. Liar, Liar, uh, the Star Wars special edition movie. So I'm up to mm. eight that year, which is crazy for me. I'm not, um, Dante's Peak, I definitely remember seeing that in the theaters. Uh, I'm just kind of looking at these movies. Uh, Austin Powers, so that's like 10 there for me. Yeah. Um, 
Good lord. Yeah, it was I was definitely like in the movie watching phase and then oh man, maybe Peacemaker. I don't think so, but definitely Starship Troopers. So I think that puts it at 11 for me in the theaters as oh, like a you see Starship Troopers in the theater. Oh, so oh, so good. Yeah. Looking over this, I actually think I did not see many of these in the theater. Um I don't know what it was. I was 17 at the time. Maybe I just Same, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I remember seeing Titanic Men in Black. Um, I know I went and saw Star Wars. Um, maybe Chasing Amy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Austin Powers, for sure. Probably Face Off. Pretty sure I saw Face Off in the theater. Maybe Con Air. Um, but yeah, uh, oh, Kiss the Girls, oddly enough. I, I remember mm-hmm. seeing that. <laughs> um but uh, yeah, uh, so many of these, though, I discovered later, like a year later, on home video. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how I saw most of these movies. Um, yeah, like Starship Troopers was not even on my radar when it came out. I didn't realize that it was a Paul Verhoeven movie at the time. I remember seeing the the uh, previews for it and the commercials for it. And I was like, what is like, what is this? This is, this looks like a joke almost. And I'm, I didn't see it till it was on, on home video. And I was, and at the time I didn't even really quite understand it, you know, cause it's so thick with satire and like, it's supposed to look the way it looks. And like to 17 year old me, I didn't quite understand it, but I knew that there was something about this movie that was really good that I didn't quite get. And then, the special effects and all the exploding bugs were just great. Oh yeah. You know, over time I understood the satire part of it much more and like just came to love that film for what it is over time. So, Oh yeah. That's the same for me, for sure. It's like watching Robocop without realizing what it's doing. Right. Right. Or total recall, of course, another Verhoeven film without realizing like, Oh, it's just like violent for violence sake. Not really. Like there's, there's a point to it. He's trying to make a statement. Just like you know, John Carpenter does in all his movies. Yeah, but, yeah. What a what a run Verhoeven had there. Yeah, pretty crazy. Um, you know, you you can take out uh, uh, Showgirls, although Showgirls has a very strong cult following, and so he he did something right there because people love that movie. But um, yeah, it has a strong movement behind it by right. people who say it's like really good, secretly sneaky good movie. In right. More what it appears to be. I don't know. I watched it like the one time for obvious reasons, <laughs> but the, the whole RoboCop total recall, basic instinct, starship troopers run is pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Verhoeven. Ah, your master. Ah, well, should we, uh, <laughs> unless there's other movies you want to talk about here, should we get onto a uh, predator? I think we should talk some Predator now that we are done talking about Bounty Hunters 2 Hardball. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> I thought that would never end. But Minute 97 opens, sorry, Minute 97 of Predator opens with Dutch swinging a giant slog at the Predator, and it ends with the Predator beating down Dutch in first person unmasked Predator vision. Mm. Oh boy, oh, Dutch sh- is going to take a beating here today, boys and girls. It's the we're gonna, of a lifetime. Oh, we're going to cover the first part first, as we do. Uh, the first 29 seconds of this minute, we carry over from last minute. Dutch swings the giant slog 
That's a stick log if you're just joining us for the first time. Uh, a giant slog at the predator, but the predator blocks it with his arm, breaking the slog. Dutch looks down at the broken slog and says, Bad idea. Bad idea. The predator backhands Dutch a long distance to the air. He lands in the water, tries to crawl away, narrowly avoiding a predator swipe. Dutch then backhands the predator in the face. Predator wiggles his mandibles before beating Dutch in the face. Several times, Dutch falls away after the third punch. We cut to an unmasked predator vision as the predator starts to follow the now fleeing Dutch. End of first part. In the first, pretty pretty low moment here for uh, Dutch going against the Predator. It's 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 looking pretty bad right now. It's looking real bad. Like this is every every eighties action movie has to have the point in the film where the bad guy starts just kicking the shit out of the good guy. Yep. Right, and here comes that moment. Right, like this is the beginning of an epic beating he's going to take here. And uh, he's he's really just I, I feel like he's just kind of getting played with a little bit. Predator is just knocking him around like a like a small animal. Yeah, it's I think it for someone like Arnold, like I think it's super rare to see him uh, take this kind of beating in a movie that he's starring in that he's the main hero in. He's no uh, Sly Stallone where he's going to let himself be beat up a la Rocky. I don't feel like in very many of his movies like the closest. Uh, comparison I can think of is in Terminator 2 when the T-1000 mm-hmm. just totally manhandles him and you know crushes his arm effectively killing him turning off the uh, red light in his eyes right and even in something like Commando when we get to the final showdown with him and Bennett there is a, a brief moment where Bennett seems to get the upper hand on him which is probably one of the most unbelievable moments in 80s action cinema <laughs> let off some steam Bennett that's right <laughs> But uh, it's still there, but it's so fast. Like it lasts for just a couple seconds. This one really drags out. Like he's getting his ass kicked. This is one minute long of beating. I mean, not to spoil the next part of the minute, but the the beating continues (laughs) until morale improves and uh, morale has not improved yet. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Uh, It's it's something when I watch this movie or this minute over and over, it really struck me just how many times the, Predator's just landing straight blows to uh, Dutch's face and body, mostly to his face. There's some good body blows. Uh, and at any point, at any point in this fight, I'm thinking that the Predator could just, you know, snap his neck or just stab him through the heart if he really wanted to end it right here. Uh, it's it's an interesting tack here. Um, and one of the things I pointed out in my notes is the, uh, the trading of backhands, like right away is evident uh, in the varying levels of power with the predator, given the first backhand knocking Dutch, I don't know, 10 feet in the air. Yeah. And then yeah. Dutch tries to deliver a backhand of his own and the predator doesn't move. In fact, like the most it does is just kind of like make the predator kind of click his mandibles a little bit, look a little bit annoyed. Right. And that that's really all it is. He's just a little annoyed and then proceeds to like backhand the shit out of him. Um, yeah, he's really taking a beating here. And we'll see even more when we get to the next section. What, uh, what do you make of this Arnold one-liner here? This has probably got to be one of the – if I was to list all the Arnold one-liners in this movie, this would probably be at the near the bottom. Yeah, that's what I said too. Yeah. It's something I previewed like many minutes ago with like one-liners from the movie for comic effect like – you got time to duck and stick around. Stick around. Knock, knock. Knock, knock. 
there are really not that many one-liners in here used for comic effect in this movie, thankfully. I wouldn't wish that on a broke dick dog. Badass bush. I ain't got time to bleed. Like a hunter. Dylan, Dylan. You son of a bitch. What's the matter? The CIA got you pushing too many pencils? The other day I went up to my girlfriend. I said, you know, I'd like a little pussy. She said, me too. Mine's as big as a house. This stuff will make you a goddamn sexual tyrannosaurus. Just like me. You spread this on your sore ass plane. <laughs> you one ugly motherfucker. We are rescue team, not assassins. No sport. Pizza could Dylan. Dylan! That's pretty sophisticated for a bunch of half ass mountain boys. Target's the center of the palapa! It's time to let old pain us up a bit. We hit nothing anytime. You really think this Boy Scout bullshit's gonna work? So what are you gonna try next, cheese? Makes Cambodia look like Kansas. Jesus, you killed a pig. What the? Do you think you could have found something bigger? Yeah, fuck you, Pacho. <laughs> fuck you. The other day, I was going down to my girlfriend. I said to her, Jeez, you got a big pussy. Jeez, you got a big pussy. She said, why did you say that twice? And I said, I didn't. See, it's because of the echo. With... <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's it's by and large treats itself pretty seriously, uh, but the whole bad idea, I, bad idea. I have to think that's Arnold throwing that in as like, nah, it's got to be a little bit funny. Uh, it's just my guess. Like, yeah, gotta have something. I don't, think, I don't think McTiernan would put that in there because, like, knowing his pedigree with like Die Hard and The Hunt for an October, like he's not one necessarily just to throw in something that goofy. I feel like until maybe later in his career, and I, I could see. Arnold kind of pushing that with the studio behind him saying, Hey, it's Arnold saying it. We're going to do it. Bad idea. Just, it's, it's not funny. Like crushes yeah. the log and it's it, not it, that it really cheapens the moment. Yeah, it kind of does. It's not that clever. It's not, uh, it's not a good pun or a joke or anything like, I don't know, the log broke bad idea. Like whatever. <laughs> I don't know. It's right. kind of pretty bad. And then on top of that, I don't know how you feel about this, but around second 25 of this minute, when he starts getting hit in the face by the predator, mm-hmm. I feel like those two strikes to his face are almost played for laughs a little bit. Like where Arnold just sort of sits there and takes the punches and he makes kind of a goofy, like, just hitting like around second 25, 26. Like he gets hit in the face and kind of does this like, Ugh, like almost like a sliced alone lip. And then he gets hit again. Oh, and his face He totally does like a sliced alone lip. I don't know. I kind of took those as like, just like, this is just like all of a sudden turning to a really mean fight where he's just, the predator can do whatever he wants. He just punches <laughs> like this totally overpowered opponent. Um, he's just kind of stunned. Face, yeah. Just knocks him back. Cause like, and watching this minute, that's like one of the things that really stood out to me when they're fighting is like, at one point the predator just punches him in the face, like, you know, closed fist to face and just overpowering. It's like punching, you know, someone a lot smaller, like half your size, which, you know, in effect, it is like them doing here in the movie. And uh, yeah, I just, I just totally took that as like the predator just being insanely cruel to um, his prey. Well, maybe it wasn't intended for, for laughs, but I have to admit when I watched it, I laughed. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Arnold. (laughs) That was a funny face. (laughs) All right, well, he's catching a beating here. Um, do we have more to talk about this beating? Do we want to continue this beating? 
Oh, man. Well, uh, I guess right before we go to talk about the second part, just uh, you mentioned the slug in the beginning that Arnold is trying to inflict upon the Predator. It just continues our uh, our newborn theory about this movie starring logs and slugs and sticks right. of any kind. Like, here he is. Back. The log comes back. It's just like runs over the Predator's face almost, but the Predator blocks it. Uh, but all the same, like, and you know, hope, hopefully Dutch can find something in his surroundings to, to help him, whether it's log related or rock related, because he's, he's just out of weapons right now. So he's having to rely on what's around him. And good old slog is right there to help him until uh, it breaks on the so it's a Bad idea. Bad idea. Yeah, until it's a bad idea. Bad idea. Bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna stand here, wait for the blue. It is funny. I just laughed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, shall we continue this beating? Let's do it. Second part. This is the final thirty seconds of the minute. As the predator gives slow chase, we switch back and forth between the predator's normal vision, or excuse me, our normal vision, and the predator's red. Uh, vision. The predator then casually breaks a small tree as he walks up after Dutch. Dutch yells in and out of the predator vision as the predator catches up to him and whoops on him to the point where Dutch spits up a massive geyser of blood. The minute ends as the predator draws close to Dutch's face in the redditor vision, mm. aka the predator vision without a mask on. End yeah, of some minute. Of that st- yeah, end of minute. Some. Something that stood out to me was uh, watching this again and again. Um, I was noticing really for the first time just how visible Dutch still is, even in the unmasked vision. I thought last minute looking at it with uh, Adam, where everything was red, that it would be really hard for the Predator to follow. But he still has like a little bit of that thermal vision going on. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Like now that he's got him in his sights and he's up close, like it's it's not a problem for him to keep track of where he is. You know, he, he must be used to this vision to a certain extent. And now that he's just got him right close to him and he's smacking him around like a cat batting a mouse, he's, he's good to go. He's not going to let, he's not going to let Dutch out of his sight. Yeah. And, but why is that? Why is he just beating on him and just kind of casually walking up and there's no hurry here. There's no rush at any time, anytime, 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 anytime. There is no rush. I mean, you know, I actually have to reference something that a, a member of the Palapa brought up. Target's the center of the Palapa! That uh, they, they hypothesized that the Predator is playing around with Dutch here uh, to kind of uh, analyze his skull and, and see if this is going to be a, a nice big skull for him to clean and bring back home. But I, I think it gets to the bigger point that he just thinks he's won already. He's he's just messing around with this thing. I mean, we, I've talked, I've mentioned this over and over again, but I, I just, I feel like it continues here. He's just, uh, he's just playing around with his prey. Yeah, he doesn't think he can lose. Yeah, I can see you're reading uh, Joseph Parker's entry uh, into the. Is that who it was? Yeah. Thank you, yeah, Joseph. I thought that was an interesting take. Yeah, yeah, he, he was talking about um, appraising Duchess Skull, decide if it's worthy. Uh, and obviously that's the case is like, we're going to fight hand to hand, basically me just like beat 
you know, a, a karate dummy is what he's doing right now. Right. So, uh, but he says, I can totally imagine him going home and regaling all his friends about the huge battle he went through to get this trophy. <laughs> Which you watch it from our end. It's like, it's not that big of a battle. I mean, killing all the other guys, like that was the battle. Like like Dutch, it turns out, you know, when he's the last person is is not proven to be that much of a, a foe. Like he hasn't so far caused any damage to the predator. He hit the predator in the face. He kind of like blinded the predator temporarily with a flashbang, but he hasn't like cut him or shot him or anything like that. Right. Right. Yeah. He's, uh, yeah, he's, he's beaten him up, but he's still keeping him whole. Right. He hasn't chopped off any arms. Mm-hmm. Hasn't blown any holes through the chest. Right. He's just smacking him around. This, this really is like the the Rocky moment of this movie, right? This is this is round twelve. Rocky's just getting his ass beat, and we're waiting for our hero to uh, turn around and start throwing haymakers. So yeah, along those lines, this is the first time I'm really making that connection after watching this so many times. But yeah, it is very much like a Rocky movie. You could really point to like Rocky Four being the main innovation because. Uh, one of the inspirations, of course, we talked about this way early in the podcast, was yeah. uh, this, this idea of Rocky has fought and defeated all these foes on Earth. What if he fought an alien? And I guess thus the Predator uh, script was born from Jim and John Thomas's brains. Uh, and, and here you have like a, an, a pair, you know, apparently an insurmountable foe. Like we can't like just break him with normal logs and sticks explosives bullets knives like how are we gonna do it yeah i mean this is the this is it this is the fight in the ring like and it's even it's even more graphic than a than a a rocky movie would be because we get these massive spits of blood coming out of dutch's mouth uh like almost like over the top comical amount of blood coming out. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, near the end of this minute, we just get one after the other where we just see uh, blood fly this way, blood fly that way. Um, and then a massive hit where, like you said, like a geyser of blood just comes yeah. out of his face. Yeah. So they're really playing it up here that he's, he's getting punished. Oh, it is. It is so gnarly. Yeah. That geyser of blood shoots out like, that's so what second fifty two ish. Yeah, and Dutch is shown in slow motion. It's it's a very rocky moment, and it is. I, I'm surprised it took me this long to see it. But it's probably due to the fact that I just didn't really watch the Rocky movies ever, like growing up or in my adult life. So, like I know kind of the general beats, and this is the part where, like you're saying, the you know the hero is at its lowest point. He's just he's yeah. just almost crushed. Like at any point. Like I keep saying over and over, the, the predator could just crush him. He could just stab him. He could, you know, skin him alive. He was skinned alive. <laughs> Take the skull right now. He's choosing not to. Yeah, but it's mm. it's 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 a little bit depressing. I'll, I have to be honest. Like watching our hero of the movie just be beaten up this badly, just beaten by the hand, where the predator's already taken off like his most powerful weapons. Like he's not using his blades. Obviously, he's not using his laser. He's not even using his. Uh, also a special helmet. He's just uh, just taking him on, I guess, hand to hand as as he deems a fair fight. Yeah, well, that that's kind of the beauty of this sequence, right? Like we get this in a lot of these action films, but this is where we're really building up. And as an audience, we're saying, how can he ever get out of this, right? Like we're building the tension um, mm-hmm. almost to a point where it's unbearable. Like 
He doesn't have any weapons. The Predator is clearly way more stronger than he is. He's gotten the upper hand in this hand-to-hand combat. He's just kicking the shit out of him. Blood's flying out of his face. Like, it's it's over for him. Dutch is done. How how can we... Uh, how's he going to get out of this one, you know? So th- when you watch this, you know, back-to-back with all the previous minutes in real time, like, when you get to this point, you're you're really on the edge of the seat wondering how our hero is going to get out of this one. Exactly. And that, that's the beauty of, of kind of having that uh, hero who you, you're 98% sure is going to pull through is that, is that you just can't wait to find out how creatively the hero is going to solve this. And right. That's uh, just it. How is he going to do it? Yeah. Right. Uh, just interesting fact that John McTiernan throws in here is that most of this quote unquote boxing scene, as he calls it, mm. like, pretty much unashamedly like linking it to the influence of Rocky. <laughs> right. Right. Um, uh, is all filmed on the sound on a soundstage in LA. And I, ha- I have to say like the way they film it is not giving anything away about like the geography or like where anything else is from previous in the movie. So it does make sense. There's, I don't have a sense of place with this uh, fight. It's just kind mm-hmm. of like following uh, Dutch through the, you know, the jungle, the nondescript jungle uh, with so many flashes between like the real vision and the predator red vision, the register vision. You're not seeing like the old log that we're used to, like the big concrete log. And you're not seeing uh, like background waterfalls. You're not seeing the big fire that Dutch lit. You're not seeing his trap. Uh, so yeah. I, 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 yeah, they're, they're putting this aside. They must, I think what happened is they filmed this kind of fight scene uh, much later um, after filming in the jungle. Yeah. Well, it's all, it's all close ups with a dark background, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're not really getting any of that geography context here, but that's, that's not really necessary for this. No, this part, like we're all, all we're meant to understand is that he's getting his ass beat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, so I, the last thing I have is the screen difference. So I've been talking about the screen difference as we go along. And instead of this big hand to hand fight, it's, it, it becomes hand-to-hand fight in a minute, but what happens at this point of the script is Dutch comes across the Predator's ship, and uh, he sees all the drying skins of the Predator's victims. Hmm. He's, he, like, in anger, Dutch just, like, knocks over all the drying racks of... <laughs> it's, it's very Jeepers Creepers, if you ever saw that movie. That's what this script yeah. reminds me of. Yeah, yeah the bad guy has all the people's skins hanging up drying it's just gross stuff that john mctiernan didn't want and he he felt like it just made the movie a little bit too yucky and like took away the focus of the predator versus dutch uh but then the predator takes the mask off like he did in last minute 96 and instead of like a crazy alien face like we see in the movie in the script the predator has a quote strikingly human-like face but with visible bl- green blood vessels below the surface of the skin, which I, I thought that was interesting. I thought interesting. That was interesting. Yeah. Interesting take. That would be a, that would give the whole movie a slightly different feel, you know, like the predator, the way he looks, you know, makes it easy to demonize. Like he looks like a monster. Yes. Right? He, he He's looks so ugly. He has to be evil. Right. Right. He that looks, guy, that guy's uh, evil. Yeah. <laughs> he's got green blood. He's got big mandibles, you know, he's mm-hmm. gross looking. So he's easy to demonize it. That's an interesting idea to make the alien look almost human. And, uh, yeah, that would have, um, that would give the movie a different feel for sure. Interesting. You, you know, would really give the movie a different feel. And I was thinking about this today as I was driving home from work, I was thinking like 
could you imagine the predator takes off his mask and it turns out to be like just someone like like a really attractive woman at the, like here in the 80s like some feathered hair like the blonde like the blue eyes and like the high cheekbones and Dutch is like Dutch is not you know ugly turned away instead he's like oh my god like she's beautiful like what a different movie that would be like you know we're so used to like bad guys being ugly at this time what if he's just like some just hot babe when he takes off the mask can you imagine you're one beautiful motherfucker be like I'm gonna stick around (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna stick around around. see how this this plays out maybe a good uh, (laughs) this was a good idea <laughs> like, like maybe he doesn't even right. Maybe he doesn't even strike the predator. You know, it's some hot babe. You know, it's just yeah. like taking the back. Like, oh, knock, knock. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All these one-liners have a different connotation. They really do. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that's funny. Oh man. Uh, well, you know, I think we uh, did minute ninety-seven here. Pretty good. Pretty good justice. I think we did Summer of Titanic and Men in Black justice. (laughs) I think we did. Um, Is this where we should jump into recommends? Let's jump into recommends. I am curious what you have because I have a good one. Oh, oh, I'm excited. I'm going to recommend a a TV show I started watching recently. Me too. Oh. Oh. Mine is a a show that uh, is on Showtime. Oh, no. Okay, so you have access to Showtime. Um, this is a show you might be familiar with. It's uh, it's called Black Monday, and it stars Don Cheadle and uh, Paul Shear um, among hey. some other actors. Yeah, and it takes place in the late '80s on Wall Street, um, and it is sort of a fictionalized account of the 1987 stock market crash that happened. Um, and they kind of come up with a uh, a fictional reason for why that happened. Um, and uh, each episode is only a half hour long, and it's kind of a dark comedy, um, but it's really good. Like my wife and I have really kind of gotten into it, and we'll watch one or two episodes a night because um, we're just now discovering it. There's two full seasons out. Um, came out a couple of years ago, I guess. But um, yeah, it's pretty good. It's it's funny. It's got good characters. Um, it's got some good drama. And uh, like I said, each episode's only about 30 minutes, so you can really just kind of sit down and enjoy one real quick. So, yeah, I've been into it. We've, we're like three or four episodes in, and uh, Black Monday is pretty good. Check it out. Wow, yeah, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page. It has a lot of people I've heard of from like other really comedy things like Casey yeah. Wilson, yep. Horatio Sands, Ken yep. Marino, who I just love. Yep, yep. He's Ken Marino. He, he uh, plays like the CEO of another uh, a trading company. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, it, it's uh, yeah. good. Okay. Yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, it's just, it's good. <laughs> it's That's good. my review. It's good. <laughs> Black Monday. Black Monday. Well, I, I, I'm going to, um, first I'm going to retroactively take away a recommend from Luther season five. I was like oh, so no. into it after the first, yeah, oh no. Uh, it's like the Adam Pranica. Oh no, oh no. <laughs> I, lo- I love his oh no. Oh no, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, but I was recommending Luther after seeing one episode of the fifth season, and then I watched the other three episodes in the series, and my 
opinion, just like the whole series, like the entire series really just falls apart in those last three episodes. Like mm. I was praising like the proceduralism and like the fact that he's like pursuing these cases, but like, I, like it was so weird in those last three episodes. Like it's just like the case kind of took a backseat. It was like your B story plot and the A story plot was him like working with like the British mob. And uh, it was just, I don't know. It was, it was disappointing. It was so not enjoyable. It was like I had to watch just to finish it at, you know, basically uh, they're killing off main characters who are like, well, that, that's stupid. They're killing off. There's no real good reason for that other than to just kind of shock you. Oh, uh, no. I think it was taking a little bit of a page out of, uh, you know, Game of Thrones who were so good about killing off main characters. Right. Uh, but just totally in the, in the wrong, yeah, the wrong manner. But uh, so I take away a recommend from Luther. No apologies, Luther. You should have done better. You should have known better. Um, yeah, get your shit together, Luther. Yeah, Luther. God damn it. Uh, <laughs> and the strong recommend I'll have is for the uh, pre the. I don't know if you've recommended this before, but the um, previously YouTube series Cobra Kai. Now it's on Netflix. Oh yeah. I, did you recommend this before? Because this is an amazing series. I think I did. Yeah. Okay. I think I did, uh, but I have not yet watched season two. Okay, I so just I need I, to catch up. Yeah, I just started. I think I'm like two episodes, like almost two episodes into season two. I'm trying to really space it out because, like, it just showed up on Netflix last week. I think they, from what I read, they acquired it from YouTube, and it was always showing up on YouTube. And I was yeah. like, not giving it the time of day. Like, this is some kind of goofy, like rehash or retread of Karate Kid and those tropes and those characters but it is not it is like everything awesome about like those characters and seeing things basically from the bad guy's viewpoint the quote unquote bad guy and I say quote unquote because like as soon as you start to look at through someone else's eyes you like realize all their struggles and the reasons behind what they do and it is just an amazing series it is not taking place in the 80s it's taking place in the present day it is this carryover from 34 or 36 years uh, prior events with people you know really living in the past but also trying to pass down what they know to future generations I don't want to say too much other than like if you liked Karate Kid or if you like connected at all when you're a kid then it's like this is the show for you this is the movie or this is the show like they made for like the adult version of you who grew up as a youth back then yeah, I can't agree with you more. Uh, you're really motivating me to watch the second season now. I loved yeah. the first season. I watched it on YouTube like a year or two ago when it came out. And um, yeah, I had the same reaction. Like I thought it was going to be, in, in some ways it is a little cheesy, but um, I so is Karate Kid. I, I leaned into it and I had such a blast and seeing the perspective of these old characters now that are, you know, 30, 40 years later, all grown up and yeah. like what they're doing in their lives and how they kind of get re-entangled with each other. It's great. Like it is just fun uh, to be back in this world with these characters. So I, I couldn't agree more. Cobra Kai is the shit. Yeah. And like I said, the first two seasons are available on Netflix. I, I think from what I read, there is an unaired third season, which I imagine Netflix nice. is going to milk because I think now that Cobra Kai is showing up on Netflix, I think it's going to yeah. blow up huge. It was, it was one of those things where, I, like I said, I kept seeing it on uh, YouTube all the time because it was like YouTube original series. And now I think YouTube's going more reality based, which yeah. what a terrible uh, choice. But um, <laughs> <Seriously>. <laughs> 
Uh, but now that it's in Netflix's hands, I think Netflix is going to just try to milk that. I have no idea what happens in the second season. Um, you know, other than spoiler alert, and I'll I cut that. But you know, John Kreese shows up at the end of season one. Right, that's where I left and, off. Yeah, yeah. It's like just when Johnny Lawrence is starting to, you think maybe feel bad for what he's been teaching Cobra Kai. Like his old teacher shows up and uh, is probably going to throw a monkey wrench into all that. So I'm mm. really fascinated to see how they do that. Honestly, to the point where like they show Daniel San training his new students, and I'm like, yeah, okay, quick, quick, quick. I don't want, don't care about this. I want to see Johnny and Cobra yeah, Kai. let's see Johnny. <laughs> yeah, totally. yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not even the biggest Karate Kid fan. That's coming from someone who watched the movie maybe a couple times growing up, but like hasn't revisited it ever. But like all the little flashbacks they show in the Cobra Kai show, you're just like, oh my god! Like of course, like that makes sense why they're showing that. I I can't wait to see more. I just I need to know more connections and uh, I need to know what happens next with these characters. Yeah, nice, good recommend. Thanks. Yeah. All right. Well, have we have we done it? Yeah. We've done it. Speaking of uh, being stuck in the 80s, bing ya, uh, yeah, Jeff, where can uh, people find you? <laughs> ah, nice. <laughs> find me on the Twitter. I am Carl underscore Hungus 314. My name is Carl been expert. Come follow me there. John, where can we find all things Predator Minute? And yes, uh, to answer your question, I did have that lined up like in the car, driving home today. Like, <laughs> that's my recommend. Stuck in the 80s. That's my segue. Well done. <laughs> It, it, Thank you. Uh, you can find Predator Minute on the cesspool that is Twitter at Predator Minute. Seriously, don't go to Twitter. Stay away from Twitter. <laughs> Except to hang out with us. Except to hang out with us and talk about movies. That's like, yeah, it, it's becoming like increasingly in like a narrower, narrower and narrower space where you can talk about the things you like. Um, but you can find us on Facebook. We have an awesome Facebook community. So thanks for all those contributing. We've had a lot of contributions lately, so hop on there. That's the Facebook page called the Predator Minute Listeners Palapa. Target's the center of the Palapa. Target's the center of the Palapa. <laughs> <laughs> Sound a little slow there, Dylan. That, Dylan, that was Dylan. My, that was my uh, like 70-year-old Dylan. Dylan. <laughs> oh, okay. Target's the center of the Palapa. Target's the center of the Palapa. Target's the center of the Palapa. Speaking of Dylan, Dylan. 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 Dalen. Dalen. Mark. Mark. <laughs> Mark. Mark. <laughs> Mark. Mark. We have uh, Grief Karga in the flesh coming back from Mandalorian Season 2. So hop on the YouTubes and check out the trailer. That's Carl Weathers himself, uh, Dylan. Yes! Dylan. Yeah. Dylan. 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 Um, Dalen, hop Dalen. on. Dalen. So hop on that Predator Minute listeners pull up and drop us a little message about a connection you've seen or you've been thinking about or uh, a fun segue in, in your mind these days. Uh, but what else? Oh, you can email the show predator minute at gmail.com. If you email the show, we'll read your email live on the air here. Nice. Um, nice. <laughs> nice. Nice. For uh, all things predator minute 97. I've been John Zabriskie and I am Jeff Glover. And until next time, Stick around. Stick around. Stick around. Stick around. Better, 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 better.